Welcome to the Wyzetta Free Conversations podcast. This month, we continue our series on why people are leaving the church. In this episode, lead pastor Kevin Meyer has a conversation with another Gen Xer, Ashley Bendixson, about why she left the church and what brought her back to church. Um, it's really great to continue this conversation. We've been asking the question, uh, why people are leaving the church and have the opportunity to interview a couple, what we title Gen Z's. I don't know if I'm crazy about categorizing a group, uh, especially Gen Z's, because all the studies show that they love authenticity and they love uniqueness. So probably getting a title around that, um, 20-somethings, I don't know what you would say. But one of our desires is, is hopefully to give understanding to people about this exodus, specifically even from the institutional church. And as you read all kinds of studies, Relevant Magazine posted this article uh, that said that uh, studies indicate that Christianity in the U.S. is in decline. Uh, A steady number of these reports are talking about nuns, those who are not adherent to any religion, and duns, those who are done with religion and that church attendance steadily decreases. I, I just uh, saw a report just a couple of days ago that was a study, it's a, a new study from the Arizona Christian University, the Cultural Research Center. And they did a study, the one thing that stood out to me is that they said 43% of millennials stated they either don't know, don't care, or don't believe God exists, which would mean they're either atheists, they just don't believe in God, Uh, They are agnostic. They don't know. Or what has been this new term that's being used, it's called, um, that's being kind of thrown around, is um, apotheist. It's just a combination of apathetic and theism. So that's kind of like the third term. And and so, Ashley, I am so glad you're here. Ashley Bendixson is a part of our conversation. And just tell us a little bit about who you are. Yeah, so... uh, I'm in my mid-20s. I have been a Christian for a long time, but I definitely have quite the the faith journey, I guess mm-hmm. you could call it. I uh, live out here in Corcoran, Minnesota mm-hmm. on some acreage, and I'm a business owner and passionate about community and just being with people. So yeah, and, t- and as a business owner, tell what you do, because it's very Gen Z-ish. I'm going to use that term. <laughs> yeah. So I grow food. So I am a new farmer. I practice regenerative agriculture. So pasture-raised chicken and turkey, and then also doing some gardening and produce this year. Wow. All the stuff that's good for you. Yes. I'm all into healthy food and yeah. the nutrition and all that. So well, well, maybe you can shed some light from your perspective on, on this idea of being apotheist. Do you think it describes well your generation? I do. I, we live in such a weird culture, I guess, nowadays, mm-hmm. because I think everybody is very noncommittal. And so I think that sort of pairs with that apathy. It's sort mm-hmm. of like a, I don't really know what to choose. And so I'm just going to sort of be this wishy-washy, like, I guess yeah. it doesn't really matter right now because I'm young. I can conquer the world. Right, like, right. I'll think about that later. Yeah, you just see that a lot when when you're in your 20s. I mean, you you do have a lot of energy. Generally, you're just going and doing your life. And so yeah. sometimes you don't want to be thinking about bigger picture things. Sure. So you, uh, in some sense, it's characteristic to the age. So there might, yes. some people might say, well, don't get too bent out of shape on these studies in one sense. But in another sense, there is some truth that I don't think there's any generation that has had more choices mm-hmm. than your generation. 
I would definitely agree with that. And I think just our generation is special because we live in such a moral fluidity like there's you know there's so many different things and you're considered to be very judgmental of people if you have strict morals or anything like that so i think it's almost discouraged to have strong opinions and discouraged (laughs) to stand by your faith well that's Um, that's an interesting point i didn't think of this until you just said that there's a there's a possibility and i i realize um someone i was listening to another uh, podcast and the person was sharing that Gen Zs um, have difficulty sometimes in conversation because they have learned on all the social media stuff. They've been able to like they're very crafted when they text something and they'll actually have other people around to make sure it sounds right. So to actually be in a conversation is risky. So what I just heard you say, in a sense, to make a stand on something is potentially risky because you could be rejected. Yes, exactly. Yep, for sure. You might not get the likes and ooh, yeah. that would not be good. Yeah. And unless unless everybody else you is standing for that around you and then you can stand with them and then you are affirmed in that. But if okay. you're standing alone, that's something not a lot of people want to do nowadays. Yeah. yeah. You don't want to stand out, right? You want to be able to stand in the crowd yeah. and that way the comfort of people around you who maybe believe the same thing or don't make any commitment because they're apotheists and they all kind of just don't care and they walk around with that attitude. Right. Tell us tell us a little bit about your um, own background. And you had mentioned, because uh, I, I do know that you have kind of an interesting approach to church due to some of your own lifestyle. I grew up going to Sunday school uh, back, back in the day and was a regular church attender till I was probably about nine, 10 ish. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't remember a lot of the transition out of church. Cause a lot of that at that point was my family's, my parents' decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we definitely felt just very called out of the institutional church mm-hmm. and into more of this why, why do we have to go to a church building? Like when we're called to be the church throughout our daily lives. And so it's not, it's not a place. It's, it's a community. It's, it's people, it's the fruits of the spirit in our lives. Mm -hmm. And so we stop going to church, stop going to church regularly, Mm -hmm. which was definitely a change, but it felt so natural. And instead they, my parents just established this love for the Lord in us in that we should be spending daily time in his word. Mm-hmm. And so instead of establishing the daily habit of going to church weekly, which disclaimer, like I am not against that. Like sure. I'm not saying church is bad. It's just, right. we, we shifted our focus to instead of being fed by like a pastor or worshiping communally together once a week, let's spend time in God's word, listening and journaling and praying and hearing and worshiping in that way. Um, just try to delve into our faith in that way. And that was just eye-opening to me. I I fell in love with the Lord in a way that huh. I couldn't have, I don't think, in a church building. Mm-hmm. And that habit has stuck with me for my whole life. I hardly ever miss a day because I love meeting with Jesus in the morning. Okay, And so it's like, my parents, I'm so thankful for that. that yeah. Day. Well, so, so, so in a sense, your parents help, they were deconstructing church. I mean, that's the big thing is deconstruction. You kind of say, okay, what do I, what do I want to, what have I been given in this house called the church? That's mine. What do I want? What, what, what do I not want in this? And so in one sense, uh, you kind of um, did what I think a lot of people are doing and they're saying, okay, what really is a church? Let's, let's maybe redefine it. 
Not that um, the, the definitions are all wrong as much as maybe it's not defined in a way that's most helpful for one's faith. So for example, um, you're redefining church by saying it's the people of God in relationship to Jesus. That's the community rather than a people in a church building, which sometimes people get confused and they lose the community aspect and think it's about going to a service. Yes. Is that correct? Yeah, for sure. It's definitely a mindset thing, I think. Mm-hmm. Like you can be the church at a church building, or you can be the church at a park, or you can be the church while grocery shopping, or you can be the church while meeting with three friends for coffee and crying together and praying together. And so that is that is church. It's well, you're you're blowing life. the categories of of some people are going, no, wait, wait a second. I, I you you are defining church in a way that I've never thought of it. Mm-hmm. Was that clear to you when you were as you guys stepped away from it? Did your parents help you understand that? Or was that something that you began to wrestle with? I definitely wrestled with it for some time because it's not a canned answer. So if somebody knows you're a Christian. And the first immediate question out of their mouth is, where do you go to church? Mm-hmm. And as a 12-year-old, to have to like explain this yeah. to somebody who's just like mind is blown, it mm-hmm. gets a little difficult. And so it definitely was hard to have those conversations. So what was and, your answer? Yeah. So my answer was like, my family actually doesn't go to a <laughs> church. We do church at home. We live the church. We are the church. We believe that the church is the body of Christ and we can be the church wherever we're at. And we just spend a lot of time in God's word ourselves, you know, Mm -hmm. every day. And so that's basically what I tell people. Did you have other believers that were then kind of a part of your community or like more like a small group of people that said, you know, we're doing the same thing and we're the church? We didn't have any friends that were like, out of like they typically went to church too but we had a very tight community of christian believer friends um, especially throughout high school and i do believe that's important i mean i would not recommend or like say that you need to like abandon all people and community and step away like that's not what i'm saying at all because we are called to gather together we're called to meet with one another and so It's not about like, oh, I didn't want to be with people. I love people. Mm -hmm. But it's that we had my church and my small group was with the girls that I was in high school theater productions with. And we had a great group of us that would, you know, meet together and God and all that would come up in our conversations just because it's who we were and it's what we were talking about. And so it was just more natural and we were able to support that. What, what confused us about church too was my parents never really um, had friends that like we did life with at church. So all of their church friends were church friends and then they had life friends okay. who were still believers, but they went to different churches. Ah, okay. And so it was sort of like this, why are we having like these church friends group that we only see at church and we're not really doing life with. And then we have these believers who are going to lots of different churches Mm-hmm. And we're doing life with them and having these conversations and really getting to know one each, each other. Why do we have to segregate them out? Yep. And so that's sort of where that came from. So yes, we did have like a community of so believers. Let's just kind of dig in a little more into the deconstruction. I, 
Uh, I, I read a book um, a, a while back by Phyllis Tickle, who was the founding editor of Religion Department of the Publishers Weekly. Uh, she's an authority in religion in America. She's since deceased, and she was an author of numerous essays, articles. Uh, but I remember the book I read, The Great Emergence. She makes a simple point that every 500 years, the church kind of cleans out its furniture, hauls all that stuff up into the attic, and then begins to reaccumulate furniture until about 500 years. And you can kind of see that historically around 500 AD, you had the early church in Constantine. All of a sudden, you have this change that's taking place where there's new furniture being brought in in the old way where they were living without any building at all. So they didn't have any building. They're doing much like what you were saying um, just a few moments ago. And then you have Charlemagne in a thousand who comes and there's more changes, Luther and Calvin in 1500s, lots of things. And I think we're in that 500, 2000 year period where some of this is happening again. And I think millennials and into your generation, they're beginning to approach church differently. As you, I'm not asking you to speak for all people, but, but as you look at kind of again, your generation, what are some of the things that you would say are some of the furniture pieces that they're saying, yeah, I don't know if we want to bring that, or maybe we should put that in the attic, so to speak. I would say for my generation, we're really looking for community and connection mm-hmm. and authenticity. And so anything that encourages that should stay. But a lot of the like programs and the the fluff, I guess you would call it, a lot of churches nowadays are trying to draw people in with fancy lights and concert-like sure. worship and things like that. And I I don't think that's what my generation wants. It might get people in the door, but I don't think that's what's going to make them stay. That Jesus is what should be making people stay. Jesus should be contagious and overflowing from us. So I think that people want to be seen. They want to be heard. They want to be known at church and not be faceless. They want that community aspect. Now, Now, let me ask you then, with your unique background to that, let's go into that look at the way services are done and have been done. It's an hour. Uh, People come in and they sing for a period of time. And then someone like me stands up and speaks for a period of time, sometimes too long. And then, and then everyone kind of goes and it doesn't accomplish what you've said. So a lot of churches say, okay, do that. And then make sure you're in a small group in a group where there's community, where you're doing life with, hopefully with some people. Is that that first part of going to a service where you worship with others and you hear a message, is that even something that your generation's interested in? Hmm. And be really honest here. You, I'm, uh, you don't have to worry about uh, you're talking to a guy who is a pastor <laughs> of a church. Well, I, I do want to mention that I am very thankful for you and your humility and how you're approaching this, because that was one of those weird, like the day that you were in the young adults um, community room that I sort of shared a little bit of my story. I, for many years, I didn't like sharing the story because a lot of times people would look down at me and be like, wow, you crazy young person. Like, Uh, felt uh, like I had to say that today. And I'm like, of course, when the like lead pastors in the room, whatever, sure. And so your reaction though, was just so humble and like, so understanding. And it made me feel immediately like welcomed and that my questions and my searching was not something to be looked down on. So okay. thank you. So, well, let me just say, I think that when you say about deconstructing the church, that's another piece of furniture, if you want to look at it that way, that I think your generation 
and you can correct me on this, but I think you just said it. They're looking for um, not to be judged, but to be able to be unique and to come in with their experience. So they've lived so much under the like mentality that if they feel anything that's against that, they don't feel like I fit in here, I would imagine. Yeah, no, it is It is a, a hard thing. And I mean, just to speak something that's not popular is always a hard thing, yeah. but especially in today's day and age. Yeah. yeah. Yep, for sure. Okay, so, I forgot your original question. No, just keep, I was just asking, you know, as you're kind of looking at your generation and they're taking furniture and putting it up into the attic saying, you know, if we are running the church, here are some things that we don't want. And you talked about the fluff. I've heard that before, which is interesting to me. It's, it's this kind of like the church for a period of time was very dull and wasn't relating to the culture. So then the whole quote seeker movement started where, where they began to say, how do we um, attract people? So they would do dramas and they would then do music that was in touch with the culture. And then that would lead to light shows and et cetera. But the problem with that whole thing, it was good in one sense, because you're trying to connect the people where they're at. So that 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 yep. stuck with the generation, probably the boomer generation that I was a part of. But what it didn't do is look for what's going to happen in the next, because reality is the church can never compete with mm-hmm. the kind of stuff the world around you has. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, that's not what your heart is looking for. Is that correct? Right. Yes. And that's the... The whole thing is, I think, fostering that this is a community, this is a family, because you can go out to a concert, and I guarantee the concert is going to be better than the light show <laughs> at, at a church. It's just, time. yeah, it's, it's just not going to happen. It's, so, it's a little Jesus light, and the concert is like full blast. Yeah, I get it. Yes, exactly, exactly. Yeah. And so uh, I think having, and I remember part of your question before was like, the, the worship at the beginning and the the service and everything that's not fostering the community like is that even a piece of this and I've really appreciated going I've been attending now since like February regularly yeah so I'll just call, last... you've been attending why is it a free why is that a free yes and that's yes. how I got to know you so okay go ahead <laughs> yes um and I have really appreciated you bringing in like other people and seeing mm-hmm. other people on the stage and having the conversations and also the questions and answers yeah. and bringing them some different things. And then also I've really loved being able to go into then the young adult like community group right after and be able to talk about these things. Sure. So then you are getting, cause you do have a lot of wisdom and you spend a lot of time studying. And so it's great to be able to learn from you mm-hmm. and then, but I think taking it that step further and being able to discuss it among people like right away. Right. So what you're saying is it's not so much. I, I, I think this is a really, this is what I think is a really good move of this deconstruction of this generation. That is the Christian life is not about going to church for an hour and kind of checking the box. Yes. Yep. Right. And then maybe if I can serve a little bit and I can give some money or something like that, the Christian life is a, kind of full body, all out approach to being in community with people where you're honestly, authentically asking the kind of questions, which is another thing that I think is really important is it, you need a community from what I see that they're willing to hear the hard questions and, and, and be able to go, oh, that's okay that you have that question. Yes. And so that's what you were saying. So as long as you, you know, go to church and then you can actually build off of that in community that tends to kind of meet those kind of needs is what it it sounded like you were saying. Yes. Yep. 
Okay, sure. so let me just let me ask you this because we we're gonna get going on this, and I and I want to just ask you then this next thing. Deconstruction is really pretty easy. In fact, I'm not a builder. I can't do anything with a hammer or a nail or that kind of stuff. I mean, very limited. But one thing I can do is I can go in, I can do demolition, demolition work. I mean, that's not hard. Give me a hammer. I can start pulling boards out. I may not be the greatest, but I could do that. It's really easy. And every generation, I think, has to do some demolition. They have to deconstruct and say, okay, what do I want? What is what do I want? But I think the greater question is, what does the word of God call for the kind of life that Jesus lived, which isn't always displayed in the current church? But the, the reconstruction part is the more difficult one. And, 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 and so as you look at it, what are, you know, maybe this touches on it, again, some of what we've been saying, but what, if you were to say two or three things that you just would say, if we could reconstruct this, this is what we would do. You've already mentioned one, those community groups where you can actually get to know one another. Any, are there any other things? I would think just personally, it keeping it really simple. Okay. Um, and I know I've said it, it like the, the whole fluff thing a lot, uh -huh. but mm -hmm. yeah, like taking it back of what's, what's really important here. And do we need, do we need full color flyers? And, right. you know, like this whole um, business mentality sort of a thing of, mm -hmm. Do we need that or can we keep it simple and make it more like a family? So that's a, that's a, uh, an interesting thing to say that because what I think what you're saying is that I heard a few years back that the millennials and then I think this is true for Gen Z's as well are saying like, I don't want to hear another vision statement. You know what I mean? Kind of a mm -hmm. thing. Like, I don't want to hear another, here are our you know, key objectives kind of feel. And, and people are going to go, wait a second. There's a swing from, it seems like, from a kind of, okay, here are our objectives. We've got a business and used to be the pastor would be looked at almost like the CEO. And, and I think the generations are saying, no, let's get away. Let's be a family. Mm -hmm. Let's let mm -hmm. people be really people in a family where they're loved. Is And is that true? Yes, I would definitely say that is true. Um, I think at least you know, I'm in, I'm in the business world. I studied entrepreneurship. And yep. so when I, I go into a church and they, you know, like I see a connecting card, my mind goes, Oh, they want to get me on my email list. Cause they want to try to pitch something like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and so, and so maybe, signing up is not something you're thrilled about. No, no, I want <laughs> not at all. The <laughs> yeah. whole reason I got connected in the first place was because I knew somebody who invited me yeah. And then I met people and now I feel community and I want to stay. Okay. And so, um, because of the people around me and yeah. I love the people. And so I, I didn't want to get on the email list. I didn't fill out a connecting card. Those like, sure. then you get like a random email from somebody <laughs> and you're like, oh, I don't know who you are. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, that's interesting. You say it. it's almost like, let's get back to basics. Church was meant to be Hey, I'm going to this place where I have community. Maybe you would like it. Why don't you come along? And then they come along and they go, wow, I, I sense Jesus here. Um, rather than all the, the business approaches of, of trying to market things and get things and you get, you know, it's great if you get a crowd, but I right. don't think that's what you're looking for. You're looking for a community. Yeah. Right? Yes. Bigger is not always better. Right. Bigger is not always better, but it is a number. I mean, typically churches all are about grow, 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 like a business, like keep going bigger, bigger, bigger. And I think that if you get to a point too, that you're so big that then you're losing that community right. and that personal touch. And so then, yeah, I don't know. I don't think 
I have never, at least, I don't know. Have you ever gotten those like Christmas Eve flyers from yeah, a random yeah. church in the mail? I have never gone to a church, a specific service, because <laughs> I got a flyer in the mail. I, I don't know if that actually works, if they just spend a boatload of money oh, on That's really flyers, funny. No, I used but... to send those out. So that's it. <laughs> <laughs> well, sorry, they didn't work on me. They didn't work. I know. I know. So what's, I think is, again, it's, it's, it's how do you become this church that's a family that loves that's authentic, that's simple, that's real. And, and, you know, I think, um, I think pastors are beginning to learn that. I know in my own heart, I, I came to a point where I said, it doesn't, it growing bigger isn't what Jesus called me to, to do with the church, growing deeper in Christ and growing more real as a community and loving that way. And if God does something where it grows, that's up to him. But I think the main concern is how do we provide the atmosphere where people can develop the character of Christ. Anyway, I, you know, I could go on, but we, we've kind of hit our time and I'm so grateful and it's so fun. I, I mean, I obviously going to have to pick up some chicken and some vegetables from you and, and help that business get going. Um, any, any parting thoughts before we head out? Yeah. Keeping an open mind, seeking the Lord and really like reading his word is like yeah. just such the number, the number one thing, you know, yeah. you can't, you can't go wrong doing that. And then finding that community of people that you can be real with and you can have the tough conversations and that you can iron sharpens iron, that you can yeah. be there for one another. So yeah. thank well, you so much. No, thank <laughs> you. This is so productive and so helpful and I, I think it will really help people kind of go oh that's what people are looking for maybe that's where the exodus is maybe there's an interest in some other places where there's community but it may not be institutional church and so thank mm -hmm. you thanks for sharing yeah. you've been listening to the Wyzetta Free Conversations podcast for more information about Wyzetta Free Church please check out wyzettafree.org or download our app available on the App Store or on Google Play